I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. So you're getting two intros to this podcast because we recorded this podcast a week ago and... That included the intro, and a lot has happened in the last week, um, including last Friday when Roe versus Wade was overturned, and that was not in our intro, and we have some feelings about it that we want to acknowledge as we understand that a lot of our listeners probably have a lot of feelings too. Um, it was right. I was uh, really sad. I was really sad, and... Um, we aren't going to make this a political podcast. That's not what we do. And we do find it necessary to speak on our feelings about this because we all are affected, if, especially if you are a human being uh, with a vulva and the potential to get pregnant. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're not here to tell you what to think, what to believe. Um, we, while we have our opinions, uh, you are your own person and we are sharing ourselves shamelessly as, um, two people that have experienced a lot of sadness and anger and sadness and more sadness and then more anger throughout this weekend. And we'll probably do that for a while. We both personally know a lot of people who have had abortions of all ages. Um, I know someone who had to have an illegal one a long time ago when they were illegal, when they were 16, and it was not pretty. It was not, I mean, abortions aren't pretty, but it, it, it it's not in the safest environment. And I, I'm pretty sure at least a half to two thirds of the vulvoning humans I know that are 30 and up probably have had an abortion at some point in their life. And a lot of them were on birth control and being responsible. Some of them were raped. Some of them were irresponsible. And this is really just sad that, uh, you know, these people and I'm and I'm one of them because I'm someone who had an abortion in my early 30s. And the child that I uh, do not have today would have probably had a really traumatic upbringing based on the relationship dynamic I was in. And, and you also weren't being irresponsible. I was on the, I had the IUD. I had the IUD. Yeah. And I can also speak to four other people that I know that you are one of them. So three other people that have been pregnant on the IUD. Some of them did have the baby. Yeah. But- and it's all on the vulvas, so that, that's the political part. So we're not going to go down that route, but, that, but that, that's our anger piece. Uh, don't worry, everyone. We will do an episode on vasectomies uh, with Dr. Justin Dubin. Um, but we, yes, we are sad, and we feel for you if you are um, sad or angry or hurt or someone who is is really fearful that you will be affected by this or your children will be affected by this. Um, so we're just sending our love and um, also want to highlight some something or some references, I guess, if you're re- if you're interested in learning more about uh, something that seems irrelevant, but is not is um, Gabor Mate's work around trauma. And, um, and he's not the only one, but a lot of people have discovered a lot of researchers have discovered that tra- most trauma stems from a terrible childhood, uh, neglect, hurt, trauma. Um, well, that's trauma. So, you know, like the, the things that show up later in life, including addiction and um, a lot of other issues are related to childhood issues that happened in a home where with parents who weren't equipped to maybe take care of them. So um, just if you want to learn more about that, go look up Gabor Mate's work. If you don't, don't and keep listening. And also, not to mention when people do become, when children become products of the system, there oh, are yeah. a, a plenty of uh, accounts and experiences about how absolutely horrendous it is to be in certain foster care environments and a, and a, a byproduct of the system. So that's uh, a, a different piece, and we're not going to get into that. However, we are going to talk about ways, if you want to make a donation or to be 
actively involved in um, putting your money to something that can help folks, whether they're people, uh, high risk people that need to um, go somewhere to actually get an abortion. Yeah, in areas and regions that are more at risk. You know, we're over here in California. And um, you know, as of now, it seems like California's probably all good. But anyway, so there's the National Network of Abortion Funds. Um, we, we don't know that much about them, but they seem to split donations across the country to areas where abortion funds are most needed. And then you can also just look up per region, um, just you, you can go in your Google or your, your URL or whatever you do, you can go do your research. Uh, and there's the Indigenous Women Rising Fund. There's people living at most at-risk risk states or areas, including the South. So if this speaks to you, then uh, you do you. And if we're not speaking your language and you have a different perspective than us, then you do you too. And thanks for at least considering our perspective. And that's why we're here just to say that uh, we're hurt. And here's the places you can go if you are too. And um, yeah, here's hoping. Yeah. All right. Well, here's an actual episode about masturbation, um, which is a great way not to get pregnant. That so, is true. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's the answer. Just no one having sex with anyone. Or anymore. anal. Mm. All right. That's August. We'll get there soon. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. April. Okay, so this is not the month of April. April, who I'm here with. Um, so this month is June. What's next month? It's Jerk off July. What does jerk off mean? That means it's a masturbation month. Everybody knows about Masturbation May, and we appreciate and love Masturbation May. And what about making July about jerking off, too? And it doesn't have to just be jerking off with a penis. It could be jerking off with a vulva or any genitals. Some clip boner. Some clip boner. Maybe your asshole. Yes. Yeah. Jerk off July. Jerk off July. So this is a uh, kind of a little bit of a example, an intro to what you may expect for Jerk Off July. Not that all of our episodes are going to be about baiting, masturbating, self-pleasuring. But this episode is with Mike Mantel, and we talk about masturbation, baiting, self-pleasuring practices, and how to deepen them, various techniques for whether you're someone who is unfamiliar with masturbation, you're new to it you haven't figured out your body to you want to learn more techniques to how does this affect relationships how can this maybe spice relationships up and support relationships in a sexy or hot or more connected way so fun episode fun fact april at the end almost passed out because she needed a snack so it's not fun also it's a hundred degrees fahrenheit in santa cruz which is unfathomable it's hot and we don't have air conditioning there's no flow and we have to keep the door closed in our studio and i was sweating profusely and almost passed out so at the end i was like i have to go not at the end of the recording when you listen to that recording you would never know i no. had no idea until i was holding my shit together but i was yeah. like you i think you messaged me because i was like hey we got uh, oh i was like I, giving yeah. you a signal she gave me a signal i was keeping it cool i was captivated and in the conversation because it was riveting and cool and we just finished it however yes I, my blood sugar was low you didn't leave just to go bait in the in no room. i wasn't baiting are you sure you didn't get so turned on I that you didn't go bait with some chips that i consumed to get my you baiting through the mouth that's right mouth baiting got hypoglyphy all right anyways um okay so super fun episode educational informative mike is amazing and let's just go right into a sex question okay so this next question, my wife and I have been talking about an open relationship and we've already had a threesome with one of her friends, but it didn't work out very well. We are now interested in finding another to bring into our relationship, but I'm having a hard time with dating apps or sorry. When do you tell someone that you're in an open relationship and are, and are looking for a threesome as well? Do you open with that? Is it something that just comes up in a casual conversation? Also, are dating apps the best place to look? Please help and love your show. Wait, I have a question about the question. Oh, what's your question? We we worked with Field. Yeah. They are their app isn't that an app for folks that are looking for others? I mean, various exactly. things. Yeah. That's what wouldn't that be a good app for them? It's like F E E L D dot C O or something. So that would be one of my questions for this this human is what apps are you using? Are you trying like Tinder and Bumble? 
And Field is known, F, like April said, F-E-E-L-D, is known for being a place where you can be open about your sexuality. I'm into threesomes, kink, poly. Um, I just want to make friends. I'm into making out on the is beach. Is there the hashtag open? That's another one. That's yeah, another hashtag one, open. right? Okay. We're, and they're more geared towards more open-minded folks in, in the sexual realm. And so on those places, they invite you already to declare these things. The other piece I would say here here though even on the mainstream apps people do seek out a third on mainstream apps and one thing that they do because this person's asking you know when do you tell them i honestly my advice would be to be in, in integrity as soon as possible so that people aren't feeling like oh here's a date with some single guy or girl or woman or man or however you identify and what a lot of people will do when they're in a couple and they're looking for a third is they'll create a, either a profile together um, and then they have photos together and they're very clear we're looking for someone else to play with us or they have individual profiles where they have a photo also of them together and they're still clear that that's what they're doing and I honestly like weed people out beforehand like why waste you know having conversations and then telling them that actually this is your intention and they might feel tricked and misled and also just save you time we have a mutual friend that used one of the mainstream dating apps I believe believe it may have been Bumble and she went to meet a couple yeah and she had a great time and it was they, they were clear yes on their intentions and that they had uh experienced I think they all made out before. like at a, like a threesome three ma- three-way wait make out at the at a bar in the middle yes, of the day they <laughs> met in a public place so it felt safe for her yeah and she met the couple and then they actually all wanted to share STD checks with each other, the STI screenings, yeah. which I thought was really fucking cool. It was like those Very people proactive. sound really cool to hang out with. Yeah, I was like, you should have sex with them. I know. Yeah, I that sounds awesome. So there are there are folks out there that are intentionally trying to meet people on the mainstream dating apps as well. Yeah, I think just transparency. If you really already know why you're there, then why not be clear about why you're there? And if your fear is, I don't want to be clear because it will scare people away. Well, guess what? Then you're lying to them about your initial intention. That's not integrity so go ahead and state it and you can say it a nice way of i'm in you know open relationship with a loving partner and we want to explore with someone else and you know and you don't have to say like we want to fuck you or whatever but it could just be like we want to get to know someone else and maybe ha- share some intimate experiences and get to know each other and i think also what usually happens in these scenarios is people kind of sit down and like like our friend while they were flirting over the dating app, they they met at you know a bar or a coffee shop or something, and got to know each other before even trying to go into us. It wasn't like I'll be at your house in five minutes. I also, if I were a person that was approaching a couple as myself, I would not want to go the to unicorn's someone's house. No, I oh, wouldn't yeah. want to go to someone's house after just, not yeah. No, for safety reasons. Totally. Like who knows? They could be a fucking serial killer. I watch yeah. way too many crime shows. I'd be like, no, I'm not showing up at your fucking house. We're going to a public place. Yeah. And you have to know that if my ass ends up at a milk carton, that you people know where I am. And why not get to know them a little bit before? Like through the text and the dating apps, that's one level. I go dark. You're like, no, no, no. I, like, I agree. I would no, I wouldn't either. But I, I for those same reasons, I just don't express it from crime I'm show. Sharing my bear mace but, and my GPS tracker. Yeah. But be clear and then the people that that you connect with then you go and meet them in a coffee shop or a bar for a walk or a hike or whatever you're into and get to know them so that's not like the hookup time it's like okay let's really get to know each other see if we're all aligned and be really clear about all of your expectations desires what's on the table what's not if you know those things ahead of time and if you don't get clear about that because honestly if you bring in a third and you and your partner have decided we're definitely going to have penetrative sex with each other but you're not allowed to touch the other person's genitals and you don't tell them ahead of time you're kind of screwing them over and not giving them the the right to choose for themselves so because they're an equal and a person too so just get as clear with your your person your partner and then be very clear at well somewhat clear in your dating app and then really clear when you meet them i want to address one last piece yes the first part of this question was we've already had a threesome with one of her friends but it didn't work out very well and i wanted to address that part Mm. because In my opinion, and Amy may think I'm wrong, I 
for whatever reason, haven't had good experiences with hooking up with friends, meaning it does shift the friendship a bit. And not to say that some folks can't have good experiences with hooking up with friends and creating threesomes or foursomes or fivesomes or tensomes. However, it can complicate things. And so if I were giving advice and uh, in in this situation, I would say go the dating app route and and maybe hold off on the friends unless there's someone that you're really vibing with and you really have clear communicative, uh, situ- like a, a situation where you know you're communicating well and their, their boundaries are set and know that it could shift things. My guess is there wasn't a lot of conversation before that set clear boundaries, expectations, needs, desires. We're in the process of writing a book right now and we can't tell you all the details, but there's like a, a chapter that has a lot of this in there, which references multiple episodes on our show, including episode 105 with Read Me Halko. And one thing he says is kind of like what April's talking about, not that you can't date your friends. He, he says in, in his words is date your own species, meaning uh, like if you're a sex positive person who wants to be with more open minded sex positive people, sex positive people who are skilled at communicating about sex, have sex with those people or date those people versus the, you know, the newbie who's brand spanking new to this world he also says for threesomes if you and your partner are brand new for threesomes maybe have sex with the third who's had a threesome before you know like bring in someone that has some skill it doesn't necessarily always work that way but so the great episode great reference episode 105 and then also episode 211 with stella harris she also wrote the book the ultimate guide to threesomes so she's a guest on our show on two episode 211 and wrote the book the ultimate guide to threesomes um, you can get this book at purepleasureshop.com with coupon code shameless sex you get 15 percent off including all your sex toys all your lube all your needs and all your desires but like this topic we you know i mean we're not this is not like our expertise but people have written whole entire books about this because it's a complicated topic and so. you can find exactly what you're looking for the unicorn just got the magic but, uh, but treat the unicorn like a wonderful reverent human just as you would treat any other human or yourself and your partner that's right are mm. you ready for a bio yeah As a sex and relationship facilitator, Mike creates transformational group experiences to support people in their journey of sex, intimacy, and relationship. Mike is kinky, queer, and poly, and they live in an intentional community in Seattle called Confluence that serves as a practice ground for personal and relational growth. Mike loves offering free insights about sexuality, connection, and personal growth on their website, MikeMan. All right, everyone, it is interview time. And today we are here with Mike Mantel, and we are here to talk all about masturbation, also known as self-pleasure, baiting, but also deepening masturbation practices and how, whether you're brand new to this, maybe you don't have a masturbation practice, or maybe you have one and you want to go deeper into these realms to have more connection to your body. Here's some tools and tips on how to do that. Um, also, how this relates to relationships. Like how can our own self-pleasure practice spice up, enhance, deepen relationships through sex and beyond? And we are here with a wonderful guest, Mike Mantel, to talk about this today. So, Mike, can you please tell us how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? We had it in the bio, but can you elaborate a bit, poor favor? Yes, I'd love to. I guess I'll start with, I guess there's like an adage I've heard before, which probably isn't true for everyone, but something to the effect that a person's greatest wound can be their greatest gift. And yeah, I don't think everyone has that, but I think for me, there's something in there. So when I was young, I've just been kinky my whole life, like pretty much since the age of three, I was having kinky fantasies. And, and even like when I was young, I was having like, I had just like a kinky scene emerge with my babysitter, but I didn't know it was sexual at the time, but she just put me in a dog cage and it was just looking back. I was like, wow, that was really hot. So I've just had kinkiness in me my whole life. Wait, she actually put you in the dog cage or in your mind? No, no. She put me in there. Um, oh, so like, I assume whoa. it was kinky for her too, but I don't really know. I haven't checked oh. with her, but honestly, I would be curious. Interesting. Okay. I got, I have to, sorry, I got to press pause on this. I'm so curious Please, yeah. about this. So this is like, a cons- you're, you're a young person and she puts you in a dog cage, like as a playful yeah. thing, like you well, were playing, like so you were I the puppy I was like or seven and I was at my friend's house and his older sister and her friend were 
babysitting us or like looking after us. And we were wrestling in a way where she was like beating me. And then it was actually the 4th of July. And then while the fireworks were happening, she put me in the dog cage and shut the door. And like looking back, it's like that there's, there's so many psychological dynamics going on. Like I can't see the fireworks and it's humiliating, but it happened very organically. I think in the same way that like two kids might just like kiss or just like fall into a sexual dynamic. There was some erotic dynamic that just naturally happened for both of us that mm-hmm. I think we were both complicit in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. But anyways, all that to say, like I've been kinky my whole life, but been incredibly ashamed of it, at least when I was younger. And there was just like a very small sliver of my sexual expression that I felt permission for, which was like, oh, since I'm in a male body, I can make out with women. That's the only thing that's accessible when I was younger. And so I just like pushed down my kinks and my queerness really, really far. And when I was in college, like I won't go into all the details, but just it was a really rough time. I had this whole private world of looking at my sexual desires on porn. And then I would have connections with women that were drunk and and just not pleasurable because I wasn't doing what I wanted. I was following some script that I inherited of what it means to like be the man in college. So it was just rough. It was like every sexual interaction was traumatizing for me, possibly my partners too. And I just kept doing it and fueling it with alcohol over and over while I had these private desires that I wasn't, not only was I not telling other people about them, I wasn't even acknowledging them to myself. Like in my journals, I wouldn't recognize them. So if people mm-hmm. said like, Mike, what kind of porn do you watch? I, it's like, it would like something in my brain would like skip over what was actually happening. That's how deep the shame was. So anyways, that's my backstory of just like very, 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 very deep shame around my authentic sexuality. And so then in my early twenties, I started to like pop it open a little bit and like went to my first burning man and started going to sex parties. And it all just like began to snowball. And I guess my authenticity is so important to me that I haven't been able to stop. And it's like, there's just for some reason, sex is like something for me personally, where it's like my whole world is in there. And so anyways, that's just led me on this quest to then starting to study Tantra for a bit and do the sacred sexuality thing, and then also do the BDSM thing, and then take some classes on somatic sex education and study queer theory and gender studies. And I'm just the type of person who's um like to synthesize things. So I've just been like, at first, necessarily geeking out of our sex so that I could have a sex life that was more pleasure than pain, which eventually did happen. But it just started to pick up so much and it's integrated into like, now I can't stop geeking out because it's such a fundamental way for me to understand myself. So then like maybe five years ago, I started leading men's groups. And the idea was to help groups of men work through their sexual shame because that's what I was doing. So I was just like creating a space that I needed and inviting other people into it. And it was just really beautiful. And And then everything just kind of started picking up from there. And it's still like my life's work is continuing to reveal itself to me. But I love bringing groups of people together to create sex positive cultures because there's so much shame in our mainstream sexuality and we understand ourselves through our norms. So if we're in a space like this podcast where the norms are like your desires are beautiful, as long as you're in consent, do whatever the hell you want. It's like when you're with people and everyone's believing that it can overpower the stories and narratives you have on yourself of what's bad or what's good. So anyways, that's why I love group work so much because culture is so powerful. Yeah. Yes. Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We clap and it would hurt, it would hurt yes, your ears. Hurt ears. <laughs> yeah. And I think just identifying how important sexuality is in general mm. for human beings is so, we don't, realize how imperative and how much it can it can consume us until Mm -hmm. we're in a safe space where we can actually be sexually free again the consent Mm -hmm. of course always speaking to consent but i really appreciated just the experience that you had where you felt like you were unable to be sexually free Mm -hmm. in your own sexuality in college and i imagined my same college experience with drunk Mm. people it's just like "Ah, whatever goes and there's there's not a lot of honoring pleasure it's like mm-hmm. how many how many dudes you fuck or how many chicks you right. bang out right which is not this is not a question by the way it's just my observation and yeah. dropping into what you were what, what you were talking about and i loved how you just went into how you are where you are today mm. and we're going to talk a little bit about masturbation 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something we coined the term jerk off July for this month mm. because well, I, well, this isn't coming out in jerk off July. It's though. not, but yeah, it's for we're July. recording yeah, yeah, almost yeah. in July <laughs> Yeah, and it's June right now. And we're celebrating pride and July so ready for July. It, it doesn't get a lot of, of love. It's the middle of summer and they, and they talk about mm. the things. So jerk off July. And it's not about jerking off and, and having a gender, right? No matter what you can masturbate whatever gender or genitals you're rocking, it can be jerk off Mm -hmm. July. Okay. All year round. So let's talk about masturbation. And sometimes we talk about it as baiting or baiting. (laughs) So self-pleasuring is a nice way to put it. My mom would approve. Why do you Mm -hmm. think it's important for people to deepen their own masturbation practices? Well, yeah, first I'll just, I like the word baiting um, (laughs) because that's like, I feel like, I mean, everybody's who's listening is probably has come across the difficulty in language with sex around pretty much every aspect of sex. But masturbating is one of one of those two where it's like, I was using the term self-pleasure for a while, which I still use. And then I was expressing that with a friend of mine who's like not in these worlds at all. And he's like, oh, you mean you're masturbating? So, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like a fancy way of saying masturbating. So anyways, I'm not sure the best word to use, but I kind of like masturbation now because it's like very accessible. That's like what everyone calls it. And then baiting is just it's fun. A great ring to it. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. But why I think it's important, I guess another way of looking at it is there's a lot of ways of looking at it, but one way is just solo sex. So like we all have a sex life, and sometimes that sex life involves other people, and sometimes it doesn't. And so one way of looking at it is that like in the universe of a person's sexual dynamics, one of those sexual dynamics is just with themselves. And so to have a fulfilled sexuality and sexual expression, to me, it's intuitively a very valuable place to start or just place to have in that universe. Because like, yes, I have amazing sexual experiences with my partner, but I also have amazing sexual experiences with myself. Like some of my best sexual memories are with myself. And some of the places I've learned the most about myself sexually are with myself. And some of the most pleasure I've ever felt is with myself. So I just want to like open the space for solo sex being an incredibly valid and and potent place to express sexuality. That's one plug. And then the other side I would say is like, well, I'll say two more. One more is like, it is such a good way to get to know your sexuality. Like for anybody who, not everybody's interested in discovering their sexuality and pulling all those threads, um, which I think is valid. But for people who are, it's like, it is such a playground. There are so many ways to relate to yourself sexually, so much to find about your sexuality by playing with your body, by looking at different images and videos, by going into different, like, uh, I'm sure I'll talk about this more as it goes on, but it's like a masturbation practice can also be like this incredible therapy, self-therapy, where it's like you're using your sexuality to unearth different parts of your being and your psychology and emotions. So there's just a lot in there. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is if you, it's also a good place to understand your sexuality in a way where you can bring it to partners. So it can be a great way to understand like what feels good on your body and find new ways to touch that feel good. It could be a good place to understand like, oh, holy shit. Like I love masturbating, listening to nine inch nails. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I have this like grungy, dark sexual energy. What if I bring that with a partner too? So it can also just be like a practice ground to understand what to bring into partnership. So I'll I'll pause with those three. I, I can say so much more, but that feels like a pretty... Pretty good place to start, though. Or bring some David Byrne. Oh, stop making yeah. sense. Making sense. <laughs> April's so dancing right like, now. Yeah, but, get a little zany. Yeah. yeah, there you go. By the way, everyone, this is on YouTube. So if you want to see April dance on YouTube, that just happened. And we're really sweaty because it's like 100 degrees in Santa Cruz. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube, you should go there and watch us on video. Yeah, sweaty David Byrne dance. Sweaty David Byrne dance. Oh, okay. Now I'm shaking. Shake. Okay, anyways. Anyways. Okay, I, I digress. So let's go back to masturbation. So uh, I was reading information about you, Mike Mantel, mm-hmm. and uh, I read that you have specific tips on five styles of masturbation for mm-hmm. different purposes. And I'm super yeah. curious about this. And if you, maybe you can share these masturbation styles and tips with our listeners and with us, because we really want to know too. I would love to. Yeah. So I'll say like this list is by no means exhaustive, just like any framework. It's like, this is one arbitrary way to break up something, break up an item into smaller pieces. So like I would say anyone listening, use it as inspiration, but it's, but also some of it might not work for you and and try your own things that aren't on this too. But yeah, so here are five styles that 
I've found to evoke very different experiences and different ways to like relate to sexuality and understand sexuality. So the first one, boy, this to me, this one is very important. Goallessness. So what does it mean to have set a timer for 20 minutes and have a masturbation or self-pleasure practice where there is no goal? The goal is not to get wet or erect. The goal is not to orgasm. The goal is simply to just be with yourself and explore. And I was just doing this the other day and it's just like, okay, I just got stuck on my nipple. It's like, you know, just touching in a way I've never touched before because when there's no goal in order to get to, it opens up the permission to explore. And the reason I find this one so valuable and important is because like our whole sexual world is filled with goals and agendas. Like you were saying earlier, it's like in college, how many people did I have intercourse with or in a single interaction? Like, did we climax? If we didn't climax, it was a failure. But I feel like that puts so much pressure on sex. And my whole philosophy on sex is like, take off all the pressure, take off all the pressure for anything to happen or anything to look a certain way. And if you can just be in in exploration, it can create so much more freedom and lead to the same pleasures and climaxes if that's what you want, but without the need for it to happen. So I think goallessness is a great place to practice with yourself and with partners too. Like Love that, it. that is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're big, we're big fans of the journey. Or if you yes. need a goal, then you make it about like sensation or pleasure or mm. connection, but not like the O town, you know, like getting from point A to point right. B and, you know, like more of a broadness of connection or something. Cause sometimes totally. people need some sort of focus of like, True. you know, the, of intention, but yeah, when it's just about orgasm, it, there, there's too much pressure there. True. And like, don't get me wrong. Like O town is a great town and I love O town. Yeah. <laughs> great place. Uh, but if like O-Town doesn't happen, that doesn't invalidate the whole rest of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Uh, second, second style, I'm just calling it like expression. And one like practical way to practice this is there's a practice I learned when I was studying Tantra a few years ago called sounding. And this is kind of a funny practice because it's not urethral sounding, which is like where you stick a rod up your urethra. Yep. But, <laughs> but simply put, it's like, can you use your breath to make sound naturally? Can you let uh, pleasure work itself through your breath and then make sound? And so like the easiest way to do this is if you're, even if you're not touching yourself, but if you're masturbating, just inviting in pleasure and with each breath, see how expressive you can make each breath. And then as that happens, you can just let it build and build. And if you practice this, what you'll find in my experience and experience of others that I've worked with as well is that emotion will come out. And my perception of what's happening here is that like throughout the day, there are so many things that happen to you. Like you, you're in traffic and you feel this like frustration, but you never really get to express it. And then you're in the kitchen and your partner says something and you get this like, did you just jab me for not doing the dishes? But it's like, there's not a chance to express it. And throughout the day, we're just accumulating all of these feelings that we don't actually express or integrate. And it's actually possible to use your self-pleasure practice to use the pleasure to open up the spigot on your feelings, and then it can just let them pour out and then kind of like flush out of your system. So is it, do you mind if I just like demo this for like five seconds? Oh yeah, go, but we love demos. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to, all I'm about to do right here is I'm going to take like three breaths and I'm not going to try and force anything unnaturally, but I'm going to bring pleasure into my breath and on my exhale, just see what comes out. So... okay so like that was um all i was trying to do was have pleasure and i'm not exactly sure what that was but my guess is i'm carrying a lot of grief at the moment because i'm in the process of moving out so i have like a bunch of transition happening so so you didn't plan that before right you have that you just felt into your body and that's what naturally came out and yeah yeah exactly i didn't plan that i just spun i just was breathing and trying to use pleasure to let some emotion come out of me. Yeah. Powerful. I want to share. Can I share one piece that I feel that ties into this? Amy and I have actually done a retreat before. uh, And the woman that hosts the retreat, she was a sound healer and still is. And she has people say their names Hmm. in a way. So when you go and she says, breathe into your name and say, and it reminds me of this because I've never done that. I'm always just like April. But when you go, April. Hmm. It has this different, almost pleasurable 
feeling. Mm. And I'd never thought about mm. it in a way that was in relation to pleasure, but I also never took the time to dive into saying a name or your name. You could mm -hmm. be like Mike mm. Mendel. Oh, yeah, the mm -hmm. power, the it's power, just the power yeah. of that, yeah. I think, in relation to what what I was experiencing with yeah. what you were sharing, I just it really came up for me. And I was compelled to say it because the power of sound and uh -huh. working with your breath and how you say it. So mm. anyone out there listening, say your name with that. Mm. Say your name, say your name. I've, <laughs> I, and I've had experiences also with sex where all of a sudden I'm, you know, yelling or, you know, I'm. Mm. I'm at the top of my lungs or I'm crying or yeah. um, you know, there's sounds coming out of me yesterday. This isn't related to sex, but I was going through such a deep emotional process around some family stuff that mm. I just needed to scream really mm -hmm. loud. So I asked my partner to take my dog in the other room. So to make mm -hmm. sure my dog wasn't scared and I, had, I took some deep breaths like you, the, you did. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't forcing it. It wasn't like my scream's yeah. going to sound like this and be like this. It's just, I know right. something needs to come out and I grabbed the, the counter and my kitchen and mm -hmm. my and it was, my scream was like a witchy wail and then it went deep and then it went cathartic mm. and dark and then it went to tears and like mm. sobbing um, yeah. and and i know we're not that's not about sex but i think that these are just yeah. they're kind of all related right totally yeah yeah just to remark on both of those i love the that name thing is so interesting because like anyone who hears their name it it has decades of association with it so it's just so powerful and I've also actually on that note, tried using the word yes too. And sometimes that can open up a lot because uh, it like, yes is a very sexy word. And, and not then, yeah or yep, just yes. Yep. yes. No, I think yep could work too. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yulp. Yeah. Yulp. Yeah. Some, some affirmative. <laughs> uh, and then on the, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that about that rage or just the emotion that came through you. Cause I know what you mean. I have moments like that all the time. And I, I also think it can be beautiful. Like, when with a partner, that type of emotional release can happen in sex too. Like, obviously sex doesn't always have to be an emotional thing, but I think to like build the muscle where it can be, it can just be such a vulnerable, like sex is already really vulnerable, but sex plus rage or sex plus grief or sex plus whatever is in your system, it just, I think, can open up another level of connection and intimacy. Totally. Oh yeah. Amy. What's number three, Mike? I just want to say your name. Oh, oh, sorry. So I just say, 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 my, say it again, April. Tell me. Amy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I can feel it in my heart and my pussy at the same that's time. All right. Anyways, by three, the way, it's three, this is about three. Mike. This is about number Mike. Three. three, three, Mike. Three. I, I enjoyed the interlude. Um, <laughs> we do a lot of tangents around shameless sex. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Number three is, I guess, more meditative, but the way I'm uh, framing it is just to practice following your breath. So if you read any, there's like a whole field of Taoist sexuality and they talk about breath and chi. And I don't think you need to believe in chi to do any of the practices, but honestly, the most simple practice is while you're masturbating, if you just imagine your breath as you're inhaling, going up your spine, and then as you're exhaling, going down the center of your body and just meeting at your genitals, like just doing that. And so I think the reason that that's interesting is because it's like you're building this microscopic awareness that can move through different parts of your body. So in that case, it's moving through your spine. Because like we can all, if anybody's meditated, you know, you can like put attention on different parts of your body and different parts of your body seem to have different information for you. And so if you can mix the ability to like get microscopic on different parts of your body with the pleasure and high energy of sexuality it can just create some interesting things. So like, I think the, the practice of moving the, your breath up your spine and down your front, just that in and of itself is very grounding. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's worth trying. But then like, once you have that laser beam, you can also like, what would happen if I'm masturbating and I put all of my awareness on my heart? Like, what does that do? Or if I put all of my awareness on my stomach, just, I'm not, I don't know what that experience will be for different people, but my guess is putting all of your awareness on your heart while you're masturbating will do something different to you than putting it all in all of your awareness on your stomach. And I don't know what that difference will be, but I think it's a really interesting like playground of exploration to put your awareness on different parts of your body while you're in a state of high pleasure. So that's the third space to explore. Love it. Okay. Number four. So yeah, four, there's no, I, uh -huh. so that's three and we have five, right? 
because five, yeah, five yeah. and that's, that is a magic number. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to, I, I want to make sure that at the end that we cliffs notes them because I like to just, oh, yeah. right, so, just so people I'm writing them down. Everyone don't worry. I got Amy's this. I'll writing them down because I, I, I need I'll, that. I'll I need like a laser pointer. Yeah, this is for April. A PowerPoint. <laughs> so it's for yeah. me. Sorry. This sorry. Mike. Brought to you by April. And then please continue <laughs> with four. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. I think that's helpful. Number four is to experiment with slowness. And one way of doing this is if while you're masturbating, you put one hand on your perineum before, uh, between your anus and your genitals, and you just feel how relaxed that part of your body is. And this, this might be interesting for people because like, I think a lot of people, there is a, a flexing that's happening in your pelvic floor while you're masturbating or attention. And I don't think that's bad at all. That can actually create quite a lot of arousal and energy. But if you just notice what happens, if you can completely relax your pelvic floor and what will probably happen is as that becomes relaxed, it will create more and more slowness in your practice. And what's crazy about slowness, it's like, um, slowness is like kind of psychedelic in and of itself, because the slower you go, the more details per second you're noticing. So instead of noticing like five details per second, like maybe you're noticing a hundred details per second, and then time actually starts to dilate. And what's like remarkable about that is if you're masturbating and like perhaps getting close to orgasm, let's say you're rubbing your clit or the head of your penis or whatever, the slower you go, the less sensation you actually need to experience pleasure. So it's like for myself, like if I'm, let's say I'm like going really fast and that means I'm like stroking like five times a second. But the slower and slower I go, there can be a point where it's like once every five seconds, I will just touch the head of my penis with my finger. Mm. And that's doing the same amount of sensation as when I'm going fast, but not relaxed. So there's a way that when you're going slow, it can dilate time and actually magnify the amount of sensation that you're giving yourself. So that's just an interesting, another interesting place to play. And my guess is this took you, so going from stroking, you know, five times per second to like, now I can touch the head of the uh -huh. penis once every five seconds, that took time and practice to get to that place. That wasn't like oh, all of a yeah. sudden that magic just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. And, and same with like the, when I was doing the sounding little example before too, like that took like years of practice and outside of just sex too, like years of so much emotional practice. So like yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why we're talking about masturbation right now, self-pleasure as a practice and all the, the tools of like, this isn't something like, all right, I'm gonna do all these things tonight and I got it figured mm -hmm. out. This is a practice. This is a lifetime. And then bodies change when we get older, our preferences mm -hmm. change, you know, things shift. And so yeah. it, it really is a practice, a, a lifetime practice, should you want it to be not, you know, it's not important to everyone, but yeah, I think that if it is, then, then there's a lot of really great value mm -hmm. into looking at or approaching it from that way okay what totally, about yeah. number five five alive like number i do five. with the robot you guys remember anyone is y'all remember five alive the robot anyone is that before no. my time what you What's, don't know what is five alive uh, how old are you mike i'm 31 uh well i'm 37 april you're older than me you don't know five alive all right. Anyways, let's get back to sex. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to Google it. It was that. an old 80s robot movie. Five Alive. I think there was like Five Alive 1, Five Alive 2. Okay. Five. Back to five and masturbation. <laughs> great. Uh, great. Five Alive. Oh, yeah. And just on what you said, too, about things being a practice. Yeah, totally. And I think like the way I know everyone has a different learning style and the type of learning style that I like the most, but I know this isn't everyone's learning style is just to like give prompts for people to react to for them to find their own experience. Mm. So like I'm hoping and offering some of these things that people probably won't try all of them, but it's just an idea so that they can bring it into their own practice and figure out how that works for them and learn, learn through experimentation. Mm -hmm. So number five, number five is imagination. Gosh, that could also look, I'll give a couple of examples of what that could look like. So like one is like a fantasy plot line. And so you could find that, I mean, and honestly, you could watch porn just for the ideas and just notice like, what happens when you create a fantasy and, and don't orgasm too, because orgasm will end the fantasy. But if you just stretch it out, just like notice where it goes and it can be incredibly interesting. And what I'll say about fantasy too, is like, if you just let, and I know different people have different relationships with fantasy. For some people, it can be really hard to, to create fantasy. And for some people, it comes really easily. But I'll just say also the thing about fantasy that's interesting is that it can also help send messages from your subconscious to your conscious. So just like a very brief example there. So maybe like a year ago, 
two years ago, uh, a friend of mine gave me a gift, which was a massage. And so I, I went and I got the massage and it was from this guy who was a gay man. And I knew he was gay because he had a bunch of gay decor and pictures of pride and Stonewall and, and stuff like that in his massage studio. And while I was receiving a massage from him, he didn't ask, but he just started giving me a hand job. Huh. And it was on the one hand, like very pleasurable. And I ended up ejaculating, but on the other hand, like I also felt violated and mm -hmm. it just like came up really quick. And I wasn't really sure if I was in my consent and in retrospect, I don't think I was. So I just like, had yeah, that should be negotiated beforehand. Totally. So then like two years after that, so that was like four years ago, two years after that, I had this conflict with a friend and that night I was self-pleasuring and I noticed that a memory of that massage came up and I was just like, that's interesting. Like, I haven't thought about that for a while. Why is that popping up? And as I like worked with it, what I ended up revealing it to itself to me is that I, this conflict I had with my friend gave me this feeling of being violated. And it was like drawing on this old memory of violation into a not into the non-sexual present. So anyways, like I will often find that the things that come up in fantasy are actually revealing things to me about what's happening in my world and my subconscious and just a way of understanding myself. Hmm. So I'll give two more quick thoughts on that one of places to play. It also can be fun to like go back into sexy memories, like imagining like what is one of the sexiest memories you've had and relive it and take it in different directions. Like what if you take that memory and another person joins or what if you take that memory and it's just like you have a starting point and like, can you take it in 10 different directions and, and see where it goes? And the last thing I'll, I'll share on the, the fantasy bit too is like, sometimes I'll also just like have a sexual moment that never actualized into anything. Like maybe I'm, I meet someone and we just like flirt for a second and I feel this flush of arousal and then nothing happens. Sometimes I find it interesting to like go later in time, go into my self-pleasure practice and like explore like what was in there? Like what was, what was I feeling? What were the sexual threads that came up and use recent sexual memories also to open into fantasy. Okay. So I'll pause there. I'll just do a one to five recap here. Okay. So yeah. one was goallessness. Yes. Two was expression. Mm -hmm. Three was awareness and following the breath. Four was slowness. And then five was imagination. Yes. yes. I, and what I had wrote over here was goallessness, yes. expression through sounding, practicing, following the breath, experiment with slowness and incorporate imagination, a.k.a. fantasy. This. Yeah. I, we love we love like we're over here. We're like, we love our Cliff Notes book. We want to we want to like analyze so we can see all the key points there. But we also need to have yeah. the inner workings. Otherwise, we don't know what we're talking about. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant that can enhance your sex and intimacy. UberLube's unique formula is velvety, long-lasting, with no flavor or scent, and it feels absolutely incredible on the body. There are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients because it's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. So whether you want to make your hot sex even hotter or you want to prevent dryness, take our advice and check out our favorite go-to, UberLube. UberLube isn't just for sex. I use it for massage, to tame my frizzy hair, to prevent chafing, even for oral sex sessions. I love how it comes in a beautiful bottle with a pump top for easy access, appearing more like a cosmetic product so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube and countless listeners agree, often stating, we never knew lube could be this good. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS combines scientific research of real vulva owners so you can learn shame-free techniques on how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied 20,000 plus people of all ages and turned the research into animated modules, short videos, and beautiful infographics that are tasteful and easy to understand. Whether you want to learn about external pleasure, internal stimulation, or techniques with toys, OMGS can help you master vulva pleasure. Let me tell you, 
I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives because knowledge really can activate your pleasure power. OMGS is for anyone who cares about vulva pleasure and wants to take it to the next level. OMGS can help you become a sexual strategist by equipping you with the tools you need to unlock your pleasure potential. Plus, your OMGS purchase helps fund more pleasure research. OMG, that's great. Only pay once and these techniques are yours forever. That's right. This is not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. So go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off when you purchase any OMGS season. Again, go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Time to pursue your pleasure. And now back to the show. Well, because we only have 60 minutes, that's why we try to do the best we can with what we have. So talking about baiting and relationships, Mike, Uh how does having a well-developed, you you touched on this a little bit, but how does having a well-developed masturbation Mm. practice or I guess regular session, Uh however we want to name it, how does it show up in relationships? Do Do these practices lead to better sex? And if that's the truth mm. and how, how and why that's a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say like, I think it's very possible to have great sex with other people without a masturbation practice. And I think it, if you're called to explore masturbation practice, it'll probably help your sex with other people too. Mm. And as I was reflecting earlier today, actually, I was thinking like, okay, as far as how it leads into other people, like on the one hand, it's one thing is what we were talking about before. It's like, the better you know yourself sexually with yourself, you can bring that to other people. So the more you know your turn-ons and erotic energy and sexual feelings and emotion and arousal and where your body feels sexual, just like the more you know yourself sexually, you can bring that into partnership. That's one bit. But there's also this sense of like, let's say... I'm not, I'm, I have never used this metaphor before, so I'm, I'm not Ooh, sure. Ooh, a new one. Exciting. A new metaphor. Yeah. But like, let's say you play tennis. I like to play sports. So that's what's coming to me. But like, let's say you play tennis. Yes. Like one way to, I see where this metaphor is breaking down, but I'll, I'm going to run with it. But like one way to get better at tennis is to just like play people. Like that's why you do, well, that's, that's why you play tennis. Cause it's fun to play people. But if you really want to get into your tennis game, like it's probably helpful to spend some time by yourself and practice your serve and practice your forehand and whatever it is. The reason, like, I think that is actually true for sexuality, but the reason I was tentative with that metaphor is because it has this weird, like improvement vibe to it. And I don't Mm. think sex has to be something where it's like, I need to get better and make sure my erection can last three hours or whatever. But there's just the understanding of your own. I mean, so each, because I don't know a lot about tennis, but I'm pretty sure each tennis player has their own unique way of approaching tennis, you know, their Mm -hmm. own. So it's it's a, it's a refined skill. There's not a lot of this when you're watching. I'm just doing a back, doing back, a back and forth, forth thing. Back yes. And, forth. and then what it was the sounds. Like, oh, yeah. uh, oh my God. It's so sexual. Yes. Yeah, uh, sounding. Uh, that was point two. So, but yes, I, so I, I, I hear you're saying you don't want to generalize it. And yet each person is unique in that. So that, it, it, that totally makes sense to my brain. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I like actually what you put on that. Cause like, that's something I think about a lot for all aspects of life is style. It's like, I feel like so much of any art form is finding one style. And, and what, a, what a person's style is like, what is their unique flavor and their strengths and the things that they like and the things they're good at. And I think sex is similar. It's like everyone has their own style. And if you've had different partners in your life, you can feel the different styles on different people. And I do think that practicing with yourself or just being with yourself sexually is a way to cultivate your style. And I'll just give one other thought here that I, this is maybe a bonus number six, but Ooh. also if you do a, a sexy photo shoot for yourself, is such a beautiful way to cultivate your style because it means like you have to figure out what you feel sexy in. So like, what's the sexual aesthetic that feels that feel turns you on. And then if you actually put a camera and like pose sexy, it, it forces you to also just like express what feels sexy. So I guess that's just like one other dimension to opening your sexual style. There's so many parts to sexual style, but I do think the more you've cultivated it, the more you can bring it to partners and frankly, you find your style through partners also. So it, it all kind of works in on itself. 
Which is perfect for this next question that I have for you about, so say April and I are in a relationship. She, I do this for every uh-huh. podcast now. She, she hates it and she loves it, but she's getting used to it. <laughs> so April and I are, we're in a relationship and we both, we have our masturbation game down. I bait on my own a lot. And I like, I get my body and she baits on her own uh-huh. a lot. She gets her body. And now we kind of went deep in with each other. Um, yeah. And I know that you also in reading uh, information uh-huh. about your work, you talk about containers and everyone i'm not Mm -hmm. talking about plastic containers for your to-go foods containers in terms of the relationship container like the you know the Mm -hmm. the the bubble that you're in so can you tell us what relationship container is and why it's important Mm. for connection oh yeah this is something i find just a really fascinating part of connection that feels underappreciated to me but when i say container i think like one way of defining it is the ways that you and the people you're engaging with the agreed upon norms of engagement for some agreed upon amount of time. Mm. So like, that's pretty general, but that could look so many different ways. So like, let's say you and April choose to put on a timer for three minutes Mm. and make eye contact and and the agreement is making eye contact and not saying anything and just feeling each other, blah, blah, blah. Like that, that right there is a container or like a, a little format of connecting. And that, that's just one example, but there could be a million examples. Like for example, this podcast, we are in a container right now. We're meeting for 60 minutes or so. There's certain norms of engagement where you two are asking me questions. Like if I had you on a podcast I had, it, it would be a different container, but a similar one. So a container is like a way of like breaking up connection and viewing it that way. Mm-hmm. But the reason it's really powerful is because you can inch, introduce container. That was weird. I got stuck on inch. I was like inch, <laughs> but I was saying introduce. Um, you can introduce containers into your connection uh, with intention. And that's incredibly powerful because let's say that you and your partner realize you don't feel like your heart connection feels blocked. You notice like, huh, we feel like really cold and I'm not sure what, what's up with that. There are ways you can you can create a container to practice your heart connection so that it seeps out into the organic connection. So for example, like if you and your partner are feeling cold, there's so many things you could do, but like one thing is like, okay, what if once a week, every Sunday for 30 minutes, you'll sit down, you'll each say five things you like genuinely really appreciate about the other person. And then you'll put your hand on each other's hearts and just breathe into each other's hearts for three minutes. And then you'll say, and then maybe like a prompt, like, what do I need to say to feel more clear with you? Something like that. I love so that. Like, I want to do that. April, yeah, will you do that um, with me? That would feel so good. Yeah, fine. Fine. She's like, not that can into we it. Add col- <laughs> can we add a coloring book or something? Yeah, but yeah, but yes. Okay, fine. We can color after. So it's a negotiation. But you're, So you're talking about like setting intentions with someone within the space that you are entering. And and I interrupted you, but it sounds like uh-huh. if, maybe if you feel like there's a block there, the more you, my guess is something, if you pract- you're practicing this regularly, then that, that will mm-hmm. start to kind of clear that block. Right, exactly. So like, I just made up that example on the fly around like, if what you were working towards was opening your heart connection, but like, let's say it it could be for anything. And I think the beauty of it is that the more you practice something within a container, it starts to seep out of the container. So like, I had a very clear example of this with my partner, maybe like a year ago, I remember for some reason we were opening this container where we were just like witnessing each other laugh like manically. And it was like pretty weird, but also an interesting experience of like, all right, I'm going to laugh for three minutes while my partner witnesses me. And it was vulnerable for like joy and manicness to be witness. But then what ended up happening, like later that night, we were just making dinner together. And then my partner just spontaneously started laughing and just, it was like the giggles broke through. And the reason I think that that's just a compelling micro example is because we are practicing something in this specified activity, but it started to seep out into our connection. And so just like talking about sex, if you and your partner feel sexually dry, there are so many ways that uh, I feel myself like getting frustrated at mainstream culture right now, because there's these, this like very pervasive idea that sex has to be organic and all connection has to be organic. All spontaneous. Yeah. It just happens. Uh It just, it just happens. Yeah. And like, that might be true for some couples, but it's so beneficial in my perspective to have space to meet for something. So like, Again, what if once a week you said, okay, we're just going to set a timer for 15 minutes and make out 
nothing needs to happen. We're just going to make out. You're introducing the grounds and the framework for yourselves to connect through pleasure and sexuality. And it might have, it might be sexual, it might not, but you're, you're setting the space for it to happen. And again, like, um, same thing. It's like, if you want to introduce more sexuality into your connection, like you can't just like hope it's going to happen organically. I mean, that, that might work, but there are things that you can do, like even just being creative, like what if we go to a sex shop together? That is actually a container of self. Mm -hmm. But, but even aside from that, like what if once a week for the next four weeks, we're going to do a BDSM scene and just see what that does. Or what if like at one, what if one time per day for the next week, I'm just going to spank you in the kitchen for five minutes. Cause like what the, it's like each connection is this alive entity. And the more interactions you have, you're feeding what the entity is in that moment. So the more containers you bring in to infuse, whether it's kink or, or power dynamics or impact play or sex, like you're feeding that into your relationship so that it'll just naturally create that. And like you can, there's a balance too. You don't want your whole relationship to be structured, but I think some structured activities to create the type of connection you want can can go quite a long way in how you relate organically. I want to be spanked in the kitchen for five minutes. Only some days, though, yeah. not every day. So it just depends. But that sounds fun. So sure. April, yeah, so you April's, can negotiate that. Yeah, in negotiation. April's going to ask you some questions in a second about how people can find and work with you. But so in summary, so we're talking about the self-pleasure, the solo sex, mm-hmm. masturbation, mm-hmm. and how this is a deeper way to connect with yourself and also enhance various aspects of yourself. And then also how this can carry over into relationships relationships and through this knowledge and this practice and the sharing, it can enhance uh, relationship experiences or containers. And we also just kind of went in other places too, just about spicing mm-hmm. relationships up in general in a way that involves deeper connection mm-hmm. and more intention. And some mm-hmm. people don't like connection, intention, transformation, gems, mm-hmm. crystals. And also we're just talking about intimacy here. We're talking about mm-hmm. being with people where you're like, this feels really fucking good to be here. Mm-hmm. And I feel seen and heard and connected. And I love this. And Maybe we're going to have some good sex too. Or not. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we'll just hold hands. Let's do it with April now. I know. Hold my hand. Hold my hand. I'm forcing her. I'm forcing her. And we know that you have a lot of incredible offerings. And Amy, mm-hmm. I love when you hold my hand. And because we know not only this show that you provided us so many thoughtful, and I love the way you approach from just a heartful place, a lot of ways folks can engage with each other and within themselves. So if people want to find more of your work, Mike, mm-hmm. and work with you or find you on the socials, or can you just mm-hmm. uh, let everyone know how to get more Mike and their lives <laughs> yeah i would love to uh i'd say the easiest way would be to check out my website which is mikemantel.com and some things you can find there i'm starting a monthly workshop series so my next workshop will be for couples i'm calling it respark but essentially i'm creating a space to guide couples through essentially like an intimacy journey a series of containers to use the language we were just using to open up more closeness and sexual intimacy, but I'm experimenting doing one workshop a month. So you can check that if, if that sounds interesting. Otherwise I write regularly if you just want to explore ideas. And other than that, I like working with couples and individuals, I guess for different reasons, like couples I like working with because I like introducing an experimental explorative mindset of how to just get to know each other and make it playful. Like sometimes relationship can feel so heavy like we have to feel connected and we have to be soulmates and blah, blah, blah. But I think there's so much beauty that can come from like, what if this is just an exploration of how to be with each other? What if this is all just a way to experiment of how to get to know each other and how to feel closer more? So I like bringing that attitude in. And then lastly, with individuals, uh, I just feel like based on what I was sharing earlier on my own journey, I feel so much compassion for people who are experiencing sexual confusion or difficulty with identity or shame that for folks who just need support, figuring out like what the hell is going on in their sexuality, I just feel so privileged to be able to be a space for people to talk through that. Yeah, so I'll I'll leave it at that. And we'll have the links in the show notes. And when you say couples, I assume it's of all orientations, genders, in in preferences and interests, et cetera, that you, you are someone that works with all kinds of folks correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, yeah, I totally all gender orientations and 
whatever a couple means, <laughs> a couple yeah. means to each person. Or or maybe a, a, a thruple. Try I don't know. Maybe or, we got a, or a thruple, yeah. yeah, a thruple. Maybe we got here yeah, or, or a quadruple. Quadruple. What about five? What do we call that, Chip? Quipple. Uh, oh, Mike wins. <laughs> it's a, a sex tuple up when it's six, right? What about ten? Yeah, we don't know. Now. All right, anyway. So. Ah, you're ah. so good at this. I, you I and April will get along so well. She's really good with uh, state capitals and <laughs> um, what's the other one that you're really good Animal at? Animal group names. Animals. We're not going there. We only have a short amount of time. All right, anyways. <laughs> and you said your website is it your name mikemantel.com? Is that? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and Mike and Mantel. Well, you'll obviously be able to go to shamelesssex.com to find the links, uh, but Mantel is spelled M-A-N-T-E-L-L, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Two cool. L's. Two L's. Mm-hmm. And my name has two L's. Oh, too. it has several oh. L's. Oh. Thank oh, you, Mike. You're welcome, Mike. Man. Thank you, Tell. April. That's nice. It actually is quite <laughs> relieving to say names mm. like this, and I want to practice that more often. And thank you, Mike, mm-hmm. for sharing all of this wisdom with us. And not only do we cover self-pleasuring and i prefer mm-hmm. just calling it baiting so can't lie <laughs> i like calling it baiting and also though spicing up your own sex life whether you're with uh in in, in partnership or you're on your way to partnership or you want to just learn how to spice up your own partnership with your mm-hmm. pussy or genitals or whatever you're mm-hmm. rocking so thank you mike and to all of us out there that want to share the shameless sex love with us and Let us know Mm. how much you love us because if Mm -hmm. and when you give us the stars on Spotify and on iTunes, it helps more people find folks like Mike and our work because we have Mm. 308 episodes total. I just looked at our bonus episodes. So there is bound to be something and someone out there that can help you have the sex and the pleasure and the desire and find your way in this world to help you navigate so uh, go ahead, give us more stars. It just helps more people find We'd us. We love those stars. And we we launch a new episode every Tuesday, y'all. So see you next Tuesday. Thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.